I'm Miss W, and I'm a teacher. And I'm Mrs. B, and I'm a teacher. Teaching really is an art, but with our actual degrees and experience in schools, we have a BS in education. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. What happens in the classroom doesn't stay. It gets told right here, right now, today. It's ABS in education. Hey, welcome to a BS in education. So excited to be here this week. Um, let's jump right into the BS that we have experienced. What has been your BS this week, Miss W? Oh, okay. Well, I'm back to pests. So I, I was working out. <laughs> As one nice. does in Do my they? house, because there's no gym. So I'm, uh, we switched to this workout thing where we use weights. So I'm lying on my back doing like the bench pressy things, but really sure. with just two weights. Uh-huh. I'm staring up at the ceiling and I was like, God, what are all these tiny little specks of dust on my ceiling? Dust and then, ceiling. you know, I stand oh. up and I do some lunges because it's like a circuit thing. And then I lay back down and I do it again. And I'm like, oh, there's they're in a different spot than they were two minutes ago. <laughs> Are they moving? So um, as I'm working out, I'm like, oh, God, there's dozens, if not a hundred tiny baby spiders on my ceiling. No! Yes! Uh, like when, what is wrong with this, your place of living? No. So at least it's not rats. So Right? Yeah, so the husband and I are like, oh, what should, you know, we don't have any, like, bug spray, like, actual aerosol. Yeah. I have that stuff that you spray around your baseboards, but it's sure. heavy. Yeah. So my husband's like, we'll just spray just that. And I was like, and the then you'll be blinded so because it's, gross. exactly, because it's too much. So he decides to, he's like, okay, I'll walk to CVS. Tell me what to get. And I was like, anything that's like an aerosol that's not going to drip down on us as we walk around is fine. In the meantime, I post it on facebook like hey facebook what should i do most of the suggestions were burn my house down uh, but one person who actually used to be my boss a million years ago was like use a vacuum and i was like oh duh oh, yeah. that's, so, that's so smart so so i'm short so i like have it have the vacuum up on a wooden chair and i still can't quite reach the ceiling so when my <laughs> husband gets back they were out of the bug spray but i was like it's fine we have a solution we're gonna suck them up so I'm like following him around holding the vacuum off the ground as he vacuums them off the ceiling. And it was like, oh, this vacuum's heavy. I'm going to set it on your office chair. And at the moment, like I always thought when you pull the little hose thing that it like stops the bottom half of the vacuum from moving okay. or like having yeah. suction because it's coming out the hose. That's yeah. not true because the little spinny things just like ripped up <laughs> his chair. What low? So it's like he's got like a pleather a chair, fluffy, and it just pleather. looks like it. Yeah, it looks like we had like a cat, have a cat like. that just like. <laughs> so I ordered a I ordered a pleather repair kit from Amazon for eight dollars, nice. and we'll we'll see how, see that, how that works. Out. So then I can ruin a pair of his pants as well when he sits on it and it doesn't dry. Wait, his pleather pants. Oh, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> like wait a second. <laughs> What is going on up there? You're imagining my husband in pleather pants right now. I'm I sure was. It's quite amusing. It was, it was really funny though. Like, so that's my that? BS, but I don't have any more. We didn't have any more baby spiders okay. anywhere. So, do you, do you have any worries that the mother spider is just hiding and watch the whole thing? Oh, and yeah. She's just plotting saw revenge. Me. Yep. She Absolutely. can't wait to crawl in your mouth while you're asleep. She's <laughs> just <laughs> waiting. Yeah. 
I'm 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 sure Man. you're right. I'm looking around the room. <laughs> you didn't, <laughs> right you didn't find the mother. Yeah. Gross. So that's my that's my weird my weird and gross. You have a lot BS. of pest pestilence I problems. I know. I know. I feel like that's kind of in line though with the plague that we're going through is all the pestilence. <laughs> Clearly, this is the end times, so it checks out. Yeah. Totally yeah. checks out. All right. How about you? What was your BS? So my BS is I had decided to stop coloring my hair. I've never really needed to color my hair. I just do it out of boredom um, mm-hmm. or just because I want something different. But um, I was like, I'm going to just let, I'm just going to let it go. And so I've got very fine brown hair and then I've got some real wiry, super thick gray hairs yes. that just kind of stick out in whatever direction they want. It's real fun. And they're not the same length as the rest of my hair. So it's not like I can tame their or anything. It's like a cat's whiskers. It is. Just That's exactly out the what it's top like. Of your head. It looks like one of those balls that you touch at a science museum where the electricity just like jumps to your finger just in those particular yes. spots. So um anyway, I forgot that I had set a subscription to a hair dye at home company that we'll call Schmadison Schmied because <laughs> uh, Can we're I tell you every sponsors. time I every time I hear an advertisement for them, I always think it's that it's that um, Ashley website. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. I uh-huh. always think that. Is that still uh, around, Ashley Madison? I don't know, but I'll listen to a podcast and be like, "Oh dear Lord, this, this is podcast scandaloso. And then you're oh. like, "No, it's, it's." And I'm like, "Oh no, stupid." It's a different thing. It's hair stuff, and I I really do like this company because I've used them a lot, and it is very easy to use, and it's good for my hair and all this other stuff, and it's about a hundred dollars cheaper than actually going and getting it right. done, and then you could just do it like topless in your bathroom while you read your magazine, which is a lot more comfortable than going to a salon (laughs) and sitting in the chair. So anyway, I got another box in the mail and I was going to write return to sender on it because you can do that. Mm -hmm. That's how they give you a refund. And then I looked and I noticed that it wasn't just the full hair color. It was this highlight kit that I had done about a year ago. And I was like, oh, you know, that did, that did look pretty good because the first time I did it, I was super nervous because you're bleaching mm-hmm. your own hair at home yeah. trying to like balayage yourself, which is terrifying. But they gave you this toolkit and they're really specific on the instructions. There's online videos and stuff. So the first time I did it, it looked really good. So I was like, yeah, why not? I'll just, I'll just do this. So, um, because I did such a great job when I did it a year ago, I was like, not maybe as meticulous this time. Yeah. And so <laughs> now I've got these like an inch and a half of root and then like these really harsh like bleach starts here. <laughs> and then these just <laughs> chunky ass sections. And so I put the toner in, which like, you know, obviously helps a lot, but still it's very obvious that I did this myself at home. And now I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm going to have to go get it fixed before I go back to work. Cause I look like uh, I look like a middle schooler who does it at home out of a box. So I'm just kind of pissed <sighs> that I wasted all the time on that. <laughs> when yeah. I was a senior in high school, um, my best friend's mom was really uh, was really good at dyeing hair. And she would do, she would highlight her daughter's hair. And it was, I don't know, maybe a week before prom. And two, at least two of my friends, maybe three, all went to best friend's house and best friend's mom i just threw a pencil that's what that noise was okay Uh, best friend's mom was gonna highlight everybody's hair nice and i had to work at stupid walgreens and i was so mad Uh, but i called the house during my (laughs) i called the 
the house during my break. So I'm like in the lunchroom, microwave from a hot pocket or whatever. And I call and I can still hear her mother's voice exactly how she said this. I was like, oh, uh, hey, Miss Terry, how's it going? And she just goes, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, I messed up. She had gotten like a highlight kit that was more liquid and less gel. So oh, so it was like, like one of those drips. you put on like a, a hair thing and you pull the pieces pull of the out. hair yeah. out and then you like paint it on. But I guess sure. the dye had sunk in. So, so their just roots had, like, were all bleached all the- and they, <laughs> they look like some calico kittens. <laughs> God bless America. So they came into Walgreens while I was working to buy more dye. Okay. And the mom was just like, I'm so sorry. I'll pay for you to go to a salon. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just, I can still hear just her hear voice me. in my ear. I messed up. messed up. Aren't you glad that you were I'm so glad I had to thank you, that day. Mr. Walgreens. Man. For not, not changing the schedule for me. <laughs> It's a dangerous thing. I don't know why we attempt to do these things at home, but we just do. It's strange we're times. Bored. It's, we're, we're so bored. Oh my God, are we ever. Oh, so uh, I did some homework before we yeah. jump into today's, today's topic. I had brought up a book, um, a professional development book that I was talking about last episode, and I did not know the name of it. It's, um, it's called Onward, Cultivating Emotional Resilience in Educators, and it's by Elena Aguilar. And this is the book I was talking about where you read like one chapter a month and it tells you that month how to get through this month, like whatever you need to, because this is written by a teacher. So she knows the phases that we go Mm -hmm. through throughout the school year, but it's so good. And if you're the type of person who likes to use planners and take notes and things like that, there's also a workbook that you can get. I did not get it because I'm not that person, but there's a workbook that you can get to like record your thoughts and your progress and all those silly things that you might do. You I might would get like the workbook, workbook and I would, yeah, I would write in it through no, November and then I would stop. That's, that's <laughs> what I did. I think I read it in July and August and then that was, that was when I stopped. And then I picked it up again in October because I was dusting my nightstand. I was like, oh, I should read this because I hate my life right now. And it You helped. know what they should do is they should mail you the chapters of the book <gasps> a chunk a at a time because I love mail and if they totally. just sent it to me that little bit at a time yeah it would just a little it would just a little booklet to come in the mail and don't don't put me on like email subscribe list because I'll just delete it no I yeah I, just, I delete it. all of those things because I don't same I just don't but yeah that's it's a great book and it is called onward just like the Pixar yeah movie, you were but right some stuff after the colon <laughs> after the colon <laughs> sorry <laughs> All right, today's learning objective. We will compare and contrast the nuances of a BA and a BS. Yeah. So, Miss B, I feel like you have done much more study on this than I have. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and then we'll discuss? Because I have a, I have a BA. As do I. Yeah. We both have BAs. And what I found out, because you and I went to the same university. Right. And what I found out is is it kind of depends on what university you go to if they offer a BA in education or a BS in education. So in general, and this comes from studyusa.com, but in general, a Bachelor of Arts offers just a broader major in general. So whatever your BA is in will just be broader. It's going to include a variety of liberal arts like humanities and literature and history and social sciences and communications, stuff like that. 
and it typically requires just a few less credit, a few fewer credits than a BS to a few fewer. I don't know how to say that. I don't know. You don't need as many credits for a BA as you do for a right. BS. Let's put it that way. A Bachelor of Science is a lot more specialized and it requires more credits because it's more focused in whatever your specific major is and it's more in depth. Generally, you'll get a BS when it's something more technical or scientific like engineering or Mm -hmm. nursing, biochem, math, things like that. That being said, some universities offer a BS in education instead of a BA in education. So I would be really interested if any of our listeners have an actual BS in education, just what you did in your undergrad career that's different from what I did, which included things such as macroeconomics and art history and a whole bunch of Spanish courses. Oh, that's a good time. I had to take a crazy amount of French, too. Yeah, which is interesting because I guess if you're going to specialize in a language or teach a language, that would be really important. And I guess for me, I'll take that back. I did use a lot of Spanish in my first job because I had a lot of parents at the school who were immigrants. And so when I would call home or try to talk to them about things going on in the classroom, I would call and speak in my very not great Spanish for a little bit, because they would they would pick up the phone and pretend they didn't speak English, and then after I hacked through a couple of sentences, they would be like, "It's okay, English is okay," <laughs> and then I would be able to talk <laughs> English because I just didn't want to hear me anymore. Hey, I don't think I've ever had a French student. Well, no, yeah, it's I not. It's I should not have taken common. Spanish. I guess I had one German student. There you go. Which is not even a thing. I think we had the option. I guess there was an option, but it probably was not that popular. But it's also helpful knowing Spanish when you have a lot of students who speak Spanish, and then when they're like saying things in class they shouldn't be saying and then you can walk by and yes. very specifically respond to what they said in English or Spanish and then they're like oh no <laughs> that's my favorite look <laughs> I love that look so here's the deal career trend um which is another website I looked at said that with education degrees like I said it it depends on what your university offers and right. whether your university considers education to be an art or a science so I kind of want to dig into that today what do we feel like education is more or less of an art or a science what do you think it's well if we're just talking elementary school because i think once you get into middle and high school where you're teaching your specific subject Mm -hmm. i think it can really go either way so if you're a science teacher it's probably more of a science yeah (laughs) yeah even if you're a full-time english teacher i think it's a lot more formulaic in what you're doing sure But when you're an elementary school teacher or when you have the students all day long, because some middle schools will still do that, uh, some private schools, I think it's I think it's more of an art. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's I think it's a good blend of both. And I can kind of understand why it's different from university to university. I think all of education is a science in that you have to understand the development of a brain in the different age stages, right? So I think that's really specific. It is a science as to how you can deliver and design lessons that are most cognitively effective for kids. So that goes back to the pedagogy and just understanding how kids' brains work. But I think if you only focus on the science of it, you're not going to have any of the kids with you because it is an art to be able to take whatever it is that you have to get them engaged and and keep them engaged and deal with 35 different personalities at the same time. And like the new, the new push of having a whole bunch of different types of summative assessments where instead of everybody just taking the same test, maybe you have a bunch of different options as to how they 
present their final knowledge of what they know. Correct. Like that really is an art. So I feel like people who are extremely left-brained or extremely right-brained will probably find a difficult time in being a really well-rounded teacher. Does that make sense? It does. I have a question for you. So for me, I have a certain amount of freedom being a theater teacher in that most of my administrators have no idea what I'm doing any of the Wonderful. time. And, I'm, and they don't I'm care. Totally you're just coverage. With that. You're just coverage. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, makes me so mad. So I, I have an easy time having completely different assessments because I don't really have to answer to anyone. Yeah. But how do you find that? Uh, do you get questioned with having different assessments? Yes. Do you run into this with parents? Yes. Uh, what, what, how do you handle that? <laughs> Um, it's really tough because you have to, if the parents aren't on your side, because a lot of parents are like, we didn't do that when I was in school, we did it like Mm -hmm. this. And I'm like, we don't do almost anything the way you did it when you were in school. I mean, when we were in school, it was, you get your notes in the darkness on the overhead and then you open your textbook and you do numbers one through 30 on your own. And then you check the odd answers in the back. And that was for math and grammar and most things like yeah and if you were a a really smart kid like I was uh, I finished the whole day's work by like 10 a.m and I just sat around and read which was cool because I got to read a lot but I also didn't learn how to learn things because stuff was so formulaic in the textbook that I was like well that's going to be the thing on the test like I could finish a test like that just because it was so easy for me to predict you learn the pattern the test exactly yes yeah So you don't, we didn't really have to think as much. And also we were always lauded for how smart we are. Uh You know, the first, whenever that something did come up in school where I was like, oh my God, I don't really understand this. I would not ask a question because I was so smart and I didn't want to look dumb. And so I was kind of, it, it was ingrained in me that if you don't automatically know it, then you're not smart. Like if you don't pick it up the first time. And so the first time I really struggled with something was my junior year. I was in honors chemistry and it was the first course I'd taken where I was like this, I do not understand this, but I didn't know how to study mm-hmm. besides like reread the notes that I already didn't understand. And I sure as shit wasn't going to ask for help. So I just kind of like quietly slunk by with C's and would manage to pull it up to a B in time for report cards. But, and then when I got to college, I started out in biomedical engineering and my physics class, I did great in everything. And then physics was a nightmare. It was taught by a man who's maybe his fourth language was English, but he was originally from Russia. And then he lived in China for a while. And then he would just get in there and we called him Rocky because that's what he looked like. And he would just like rattle off a bunch of stuff and write a bunch of formulas and then tell us what pages in the textbook and then we would have a test and my first test I got a 36 and I cried because I was like I'm so (laughs) stupid and then I didn't want to ask anybody for help so I was like I'm just gonna study real hard and reread this textbook a thousand times and then on my next test I got a 38 and then I was like (laughs) I don't think I should be an engineer because I don't understand physics and so I I stopped But that, and I truly felt like a stupid idiot, but it was just because I didn't know how to study. Like if Mm -hmm. somebody had ever taught me that it's not about what you automatically know the first time around, you know, that you would, you can learn stuff. It doesn't have to be the first time around. Can you hear my children screaming in the background? I do hear your children screaming. Cool. Hey guys, my children are screaming in the background. This is part of education. (laughs) Because they just don't understand physics. They don't understand it. I totally got us off on a tangent, but I I think what you were saying 
was oh like how, how to you, how you do or don't yes, get away with how you doing do lots of different assessments. Okay, yeah. so a thousand minutes ago we were talking about that. So my challenge has been figuring out how to provide different types of assessments for different subjects. Because last year I was in an all-inclusive room or self, sorry, mm-hmm. a self-contained room. So I taught everything. How do you give a bunch of, of assessments that accurately give you a look at what the kids actually know without pissing off parents? Because that's not fair that he did this and she did that. Or right. um, And you have to make sure that the administration understands what you're doing. You just have to have everybody on board. And also the kids, right? Because especially if their previous teachers didn't do it. So what I would typically do is with things like uh, science or language arts, I would give them kind of options. Like we did a novel study on Charlotte's Web. And at the end, we had some vocabulary words and things like that. I didn't really test them on the vocabulary because I just wanted them to understand what it was in the book. But we talked about a lot of things like about how, how you perceive someone in the beginning might not be what their character actually is like. Like, you look at a spider and at first Wilbur thinks she's so ugly and scary, but he discovers that she's just a lovely, wonderful. And then he gets a vacuum cleaner and sucks And then some the bitch ceiling. sucks her up and kills all of her babies. <laughs> the end of the story. So just things like that and how someone can change. Because at the beginning, Fern is all concerned about Wilbur. And then at the end, she's all concerned with the boy, right? So she changes as well. So we talked about things like that. So at the end, I gave them five different ways that they could show their understanding. So one of them was a regular test because some kids still like that. But it was, it was mostly like essay questions because I don't, I don't really like multiple choice tests on things like that. And then there was one where they could um, write about someone they knew or how they themselves were similar to Fern, like how they had started one way and then ended up another way. There, okay. was, another, there was another one where they could design spider webs about five people in their lives. Like think about five of your heroes that you know in real life. What is a great adjective that you would use to describe them? And it can't be like cool or nice. It's got to be like a really great word like Charlotte would do. And then explain why those people deserve those character character traits. So I give them a whole bunch of different options. And um, what's funny is they're like, we're just going to choose the easiest one. I'm like, you should. You should choose whichever one sounds the easiest to you. Because that means that would that's what you would be most successful at explaining your understanding right. of the novel. Right? So typically with that, I don't get too much pushback. Um Sometimes I, there's just things that you have to take a test on, right? Like math, you just got to take the damn math test. So for things like that, especially when I have kids who do not test well, but like they can do stuff on a whiteboard, but for some reason, when you put the same thing on a piece of paper, it just like blows their mind. What I would typically do is I would get their test and be looking at it. And the next day I'd be like, Hey, Aiden, come to my desk. Look at this problem. Can you do that on a whiteboard for me real quick? And then just have him do it. And if he does it like, great, I'll just put, you know, he did it. But that's kind of also, it's a teacher's judgment kind of thing. You have to know your kids and who doesn't really actually know it and who just doesn't put it on paper well. I also think it's harder when they get older, when you're in you know high school and things start counting towards your GPA and college and things like that because of the way things are measured for everyone across the board in high schools and going into college. And that's not as acceptable there. So if I taught high school, I don't know how they, I don't know how they manage that. That's very interesting. I think high school, I think if you've, if you've had a teacher, so like elementary school, it's almost like you're learning how to learn things. Yeah. Uh, So if you have, I feel like if you have really good teachers that uh, do like you do and give them um, choices for their assessments or give them second chances when they think they really did understand it. They mm-hmm. just don't know how to express it. I think that once you know how you learn, 
you're more e- more able to navigate a, a regular setting. Like I've I've had, of course, this this quarantine conversation with a million teachers about going back in the fall. Sure. And I'm not worried about my college students. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. We sure. won't get to do as much fun stuff. But they'll. But I think be they'll fine. pretty much learn what I want them to learn because yeah. I'll say I want you to learn this. And it won't be a huge deal. Right. So I'm thinking and hoping that if your elementary school experience is is shaped that way, then you're enough in touch with yourself that you know what you need to do as, exactly. uh, as, as a middle schooler or high schooler yeah. to just make it happen. My goal really is that when my students grow up, and they get to that first class where they feel like a stupid dum-dum because they don't get it the very first time. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand that you're not a stupid dum-dum. You just need to work on it a little bit more. Oh, my God. My kids will not shut up. <laughs> here, hold on. Here comes one of them. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought by. so, too. So I, I had someone give me this advice. I do not remember who it was my freshman year of college because I did not like nobody in my family had gone to college. My sister, who's a year older, went to college, but she was just a year ahead. So it's not like she was imparting this great knowledge on me. But someone told me, if you ask questions in class, a professor will at least give you a D. And -hmm. if you go to their office hours, they'll at least give you a C. Oh my God, that's brilliant. And I find it to be really accurate because then the professor knows who you are and they know that you care about your education. Right. At least a little little bit. bit. It's like you're trying. And I did have some college professors that required you to come to their office hours at least once. And I hated it. But I (laughs) I don't need, I have nothing to talk to you about. Hi. I probably learned a little more. Um, But that was really good advice. So I have one more question on this for you. Because like I said, I feel like it's both a blessing and a curse that no one ever knows what the hell I'm doing at the school. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. I really enjoy being my own little island. yes. But do you ever find that students, because I'll often give them several choices for a project, but do you often find that some students are just paralyzed by the number of choices yes Yes. and they would much rather you just give them one assignment how do you handle that (laughs) do you just do a quick little all right uh Jaden like I know Jaden you're a fantastic artist you should just do the storyboards or do you kind that's what you do okay that's what I do also or I'll pick like two things where I'm like you know if I were you Jaden you're really good at this but I think you might have fun at this as well so I want you I'm gonna give mm-hmm. you two minutes to think about it and then I want you to pick but I give them like a really quick time limit and I'm like yes because choose. otherwise they'll just ruminate and once you choose your choice it's chosen and you're done well I'm that person like if I go to I can't eat at Cheesecake Factory because that fucking menu has so many choices <gasps> yes and then I panic because it's I want it's paralyzing it's paralyzing and then I look at my husband and I'm sweating my got my sweat mustache and I'm just like you know what to pick he's like why are you shaking I'm like I can't choose he's like it's just a meal and I'm like I don't know what to get so I totally understand that I have and a Cheesecake like, Factory gift card in my wallet that I've had for two and a half years because the exact same thing. Because I'm like, I don't ever want to go. I don't know what to get. I don't don't, want to go. It's terrible. There's there's some website where you could sell those cards. Like you don't get quite as much money, but yeah, you can just sell them your old gift cards. I had the idea a few months ago that I was like, oh, next time I have a party at my house, 
I'm just going to buy a whole cheesecake from them and I'll use yeah. the gift card. But now we're not. Then you'd have to, have to choose. Parties. We're not allowed to have parties. Right. And you'd have to choose between all the fucking varieties. Because it's called Cheesecake Factory. That's like the. the uh-huh. Damn it. Do you imagine that there's just somebody in the back going. And there's cheesecakes. Just cheesecakes come out and they put different. Absolutely. Absolutely. They just go down different paths. They all come out of the cheesecake baker and then they go down different conveyor belts to the different. Yes. It's exactly what it looks like in a cheesecake factory. Me too. I love having a good imagination. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. And then when you're waiting 45 minutes for whatever mediocre meal you've ordered, it makes it worthwhile because you can think about there's a machine jam back there. That's what happens. For your 4,000 calorie salad. Uh, yeah, so Some salad I got there once and it was, it was so They're not calories. Help. I will tell you, no. it makes me feel really good when I, when I, you know, go to a restaurant and I'm like, I should not eat just macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes, but that's probably what I'm going to do. And then, <laughs> and then I look at the salad that my husband orders because my husband now, he eats a salad every day for lunch and I just sit across from him eating my bowl of Cheerios and flipping him off in my mind because I'm such a child and I can't. Now, anytime I put grilled chicken or lettuce in my mouth, I'm just like, yeah, like I just have this response to it. Like, this is the worst, but he eats it every day for lunch. And I'm like, you skinny son of a bitch. Cause he really, he's lost like 40 pounds in the last year. And he's yeah, kept it I off. remember last time I saw him, I wanted to go, when I came to visit and he picked me up from the airport and I was just like, I just want some delicious seafood. <laughs> so we went and he just ate his salad while I had like stuffed I know. fried shrimp in like, my you mouth. you douchebag, don't do this. <laughs> But I don't care. Like, you can be skinny all you want. You're going to have a little bit of fluff on your wife. And that's yeah, that's what yeah. you married into. It's a contract. Can't break it. Boom roasted. Um, <laughs> you can't break it. No, so back back to choices. So um, the year before last, uh, I was really struggling with assigning an appropriate amount of homework. And at the beginning of the year, I was assigning too much homework. But I also, at the very beginning of the year, I told the parents on Meet the Parent Night, I was like, hey, I would like feedback from you guys. Like, let me know how things are going at home because I, you know, the purpose of homework is to get your kids to learn how to work independently for short amounts of time when they're not at school. Because by the time you're in college, you're expected to do what? Two hours of work for every, you know, class you take or whatever. So I was like, it's just a small training. It's not supposed to take you four hours of crying and screaming. So I started getting emails like, hey, this is too much. So I tapped it back and I would adjust things. And anytime I would have a parent just like, even if nobody else was having this emotion, but this particular family, they were like, it is awful. It's a screaming match. I would be like, you know what? Just set a timer for 30 minutes and do what you can do. And that's it. And just don't tell anybody else. But that's because it's, you know, they're third grade. They're not learning a ton of stuff from homework. It's more like learning that habit. So at the end of last year, I was like, or not last year, but the year before, I was like, let's try homework menus where they have a choice. Like I give them a menu Ooh, on Monday. I have never heard and of then, this. Oh, girl. Well, let me get into it because they're really wonderful. Did you make this up or you? No, I heard a, I'd heard about I them. never heard of I'd this. heard about them. It's a new thing. And I'd heard about them. And the point of the homework, like for math homework, if we're learning how to multiply, I just want them practicing that skill. I don't care what it looks like. Right. So for some kids, they love, like me, I love doing the workbook and getting the workbook done. For other kids, they would rather have a deck of cards and flip two numbers over and then multiply those two numbers and do that 10 times. And for some kids, they would rather roll the dice. Like they roll dice and then their parents roll dice. They both multiply. Whoever wins gets a point or whatever. So they were all doing the same skill, but it was just like, choose which way you're going to do it. Um, 
So, and the parent, most of the parents were like, oh my God, we love this. Some of them were still like, will you please just give us a, you know, a worksheet? And I would be like, hey, that's one of your homework menu options. It's that worksheet right there. So you just do that worksheet. Yeah. So for math, I absolutely love it. And then it's easier to modify too, because if you have those families where they're like, we started this workbook page, it was taking forever. I'm like, great, just do 10 problems. Cause all the other things are 10 problems. Anyway, you just do 10 and then turn it in. Right. And then for um, like spelling and vocabulary, I had a whole bunch of different ways to practice. So for spelling, you can write your words in cursive. You can do a spelling bee out loud with your parents. You can sort your words into their different categories based on what spelling pattern they use. You can write them with an expo marker on your mirror in the bathroom. And I call that one graffiti, or you can do it with chalk. Just like different, it's doing the same stuff. It's just how you do it is not always on paper. So that's a great way to get kids to buy into it as well. So they're still practicing the skill, but it's not as much grinding and gnashing of the teeth. And again, like my son would get it because he was in the grade that I taught. And he would bitch about homework every night for about 20 minutes and then actually sit down and do it. And it would take him five. I was like, man, right. I think if, if there were a way that you could shorten the amount of time you spend on homework, hmm. maybe by not complaining and just freaking do it. He's like, I'm just going to pick the easiest one. And I'm like, good. That's what I want you to be doing. Kids. Yeah, the last school, uh, the last school where I taught elementary, the principal did not believe in homework. Nice. They did not send home homework. They had reading did not count as homework. Yeah. You were still supposed you have to, to read, read something. however many minutes. Sure. Depending on the grade. But they did not do homework. She wanted parents. She was like, nope, that's your be home time. time. And I am totally yeah. cool with that as well. And at our school, the policy was they need to have homework. And so I was like, how can we make this as painless as possible? Right. And I see both sides of the argument. Like, They've been in school all day, especially the little ones. Let them have their afternoons right. off. Let them enjoy their family time. They've got all their shit to do. Um, but I also see the value in learning those, learning how to work independently a little bit after school. Because if you just start high school and you've never done homework before, that's going to be real, real bad. Like you've got to yeah. build that muscle somewhere in between. And at our school, the middle school had high homework expectations. So like if we right. didn't give homework in elementary they would be, it would be even more of a nightmare when they got to middle. So it's just training them for what they're going to, that's the whole purpose of school. It's just training wheels for 18 years and then yeah, pushing them off and seeing how they do. Yeah. Homework menu. I love that. I can't believe I've never heard of it. It's super fun. They're fun to make to an extent. And then, and the good thing is like, you don't really have to change them that much except for math. Like I would change what pages and what skills, right, obviously. Right, what page in the book or whatever. Yeah, but like for spelling vocabulary, it was pretty much the same thing. For vocabulary, one of the options was charades. So yeah. <gasps> I love How fun is that? that? Yeah. And then one of them was to make a memory game where you put the word on one card and the definition on another yeah. and then you play memory with them. Like I just had a whole bunch of like different playful ways to do it. And then I just had the one where it was just like, write your word in the definition or a sentence with it for the nerds who just like to do that stuff and get it out of the way. So mm-hmm. that reminds me of how I used to. So I would, I would teach these mini camps uh, during the summertime for, I don't know, three and four year olds. And they would put on oh, yeah, a play yeah. Yeah. at the end. So it was like a half day thing. <laughs> it was a one week camp. Oh my goodness. The first time I did this, we were doing a How I Became a Pirate camp, which awesome. I love that book. If you yes. don't know that book, it's super cute. So they cute. also have a really cute musical. This was a half day camp and then we were doing a performance on Friday. So like three and a half hours a day. So I'm talking like I have them less than 20 hours total. And they're yes. supposed to put on a play, a play. where sure. they remember things. Sure. So I remember by like Wednesday, I had parents that were were like, oh, is there going to be a videographer? We'll be able to buy a DVD. No, no, no. You don't understand. And I'm like, 
what the fuck do you think <laughs> I am going to teach these children in that amount of time? <laughs> so I ended up having them, we did stand up beforehand and I had them all learn a bunch of pirate That's jokes, adorable. which was super cute. So, so my point was, I thought of all these ways to, it really, I was just making learning fun, but in my brain, I was like, how can I trick these three and four year olds into learning learning all the lyrics to these songs? Yeah. Because you really only have them for like 15 minutes at a time. And then they're like, I want to do this up to bathroom. Yeah. So I basically just played the music constantly. We played it during lunch. We played it while we were painting our ocean waves for our stuff. That's how all children learn the lyrics to like Frozen and Moana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I just played it constantly, and I really thought of, uh, just like you were saying, it's just like that homework menu, but I was like, what are the five different ways I can teach these lyrics? Yes. And that's all we're going to do for two hours, but we're going to do it in all these different ways. I'm going to frame it differently. Totally. And some students loved one way, and some students loved another. Yeah. Uh, But at the end of the day, it was a super, super cute camp and all those children are in high school oh my gosh i wish i could see the video that the professional videographer took of the stand-up because that sounds adorable (laughs) of the the 11 minute performance yeah what oh my goodness yeah like yes i will i will cell phone record this and then i'll i'll put it on youtube if you didn't get i might have i might have a recording somewhere it was super duper cute but you know what i remember my parents i remember when i was six and I was at the rainy house of Montessori in Odessa, Texas. And I was mm-hmm. little bunny Sue in this. I was the main character, the starring mm-hmm. role in this play. And I remember looking out at a sea of parents with those giant ass VHS full size yeah. recorders. And my parents were one of them. And my mom recently converted it to a DVD <gasps> and showed it to my oh daughter. My who was just like enthralled in this shitty little kindergarten performance. You know, this little 10 minute long play where we all just stand in a line and then step yeah. forward and grab the microphone and, then one and say person what it is. Says their line yes, and that's what the whole play was. And she's just enthralled by the magic of theater. And I'm just like, oh my god, I can't. This is it. This is a treasure. Look how far I've come. Oh, <laughs> so, so great, cute. Oh, parents are crazy. We are crazy people. They are. And now, when I when I was teaching kindergarten theater. Uh, of course, we couldn't have performances. I was teaching five different classes. Yeah. So we didn't do, you can't do a play for every single grade. So I would just use my phone. <laughs> and we could do like take Love two, it. take three. I 100% have those. I'm going to send you one of them later That's if I haven't deleted so them from my phone. And it is super duper oh, cute. Oh, I love watching little kids do stupid stuff. All right. So we best. have decided it is an art and a science. It is an art and a science. <laughs> back so, to our topic 10 Back minutes to our ago. topic. Whatever you have, it's correct. And continue yeah. to do that. But also do the other thing. Pretend like yes. you have a BS in education. <laughs> BS. Um, so let's drop some teaching tips teaching on our audience what is your teaching tip miss dub Uh, my teaching tip is uh much more for ancillary teachers and if you need to use this tip as just a third grade teacher then maybe you shouldn't be teaching (laughs) that is (laughs) when when a student asks to leave to the the room to go the restroom to this the xyz have them write their name on the board because when you teach a uh, hundred I don't know I think I taught like 500 kids at this school I taught like 120 kids a day or something like that so a I did not know all of their names and b I just would forget who had asked me to go yeah. somewhere and then the guidance counselor would come in to get kids for her her feelings group and would be like hey 
hey, Miss W, where's Jaden R? <laughs> I'd just be like, I don't check, know. Check hey, class, where's Jaden R? <laughs> and then three kids would go, he didn't come to school today. And it would be like, oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. That's what happened. Could not. Definitely and I did take role at the beginning, but we didn't we didn't get like an absentee list. Yeah. Or if we did, we didn't get it until the very end of the day. Of and it's, if you think I'm going to cross-reference that, that for a million classes, yeah, you can, you're You can think insane. again about that. So that is my tip. It also works for middle school. Middle school where I taught was a, a little better because attendance was input in the computer. Yeah. So when I took role at the beginning of the day, they were highlighted absent. Nice. So I didn't have these embarrassing moments. But really? man, it would happen at least at least once a week, like either speech therapy or something would come by to get a student and I'd just like, be like, so come up Hot with a tip. system. It will it will make you not look like an asshole. That is a very ancillary specific tip, but I think it's a yeah. very important tip. So mine is one, I think any, any kind of teacher could use this one. When you are looking out upon a crowd of dead faces and heads on, mm-hmm. heads on the desks, it is worth it to you to take five minutes of wasting your teaching time to give them some kind of fast movement break. So some ways I have done this are with the game Flash Nap. And the way this works is you get them all up. And this is dangerous in the classroom. I don't care. You get them all up and you have them either run in place or like run in teeny tiny circles or like run around and you're like, run, 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 fast, fast, fast. And then you go Flash Nap. And then they have to drop to the floor and pretend like they're napping with their eyes closed and like make snoring (laughs) sounds and stuff. And then you have them jump up again and do it again and do it again. Run, 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 run. This is also a great game. So one time I was at a, I was teaching a workshop for a bunch of um, hearing impaired and deaf children from the ages of like three to seven. And it Mm -hmm. was like a four hour long workshop. And I do not know American Sign Language. It was real tough, but we were supposed to be teaching them like how to have fun and play games and communication skills. Mm -hmm. It was, it was something. So anyway, we played flash nap and I figured out how to use percussion instruments so that they could feel the flash nap time. And the great thing was by the end of it, I would make the running sessions shorter and the nap sessions longer. And so several of the three to five year olds really took a nap. So if you need, if you've got some little ones with the wiggles, play flash nap until they actually fall asleep. Another really fun one that we would do sometimes is two minute recess. Like if I could tell they were dead, I would be like, all right, stand up and push your chairs in, line up at the door in five seconds, five, four, three. And they would all run and get in line. And I'd be like, we're going to have a two minute recess. We're going to power walk to the playground and I'm going to give you two minutes to do whatever you need to do. And we would go to the playground and they would go ape shit for about two minutes. And then we would come back in the classroom and they would, they would be like energized and ready to work. And it was really nice. And then uh, there's a game called Lifeboat where we can, we're not allowed to mm-hmm. touch anyone right now, but when we're allowed to touch and be near people again, and I know you know this game, but I'll explain it to our yeah. general audience. So in the game of Lifeboat, everybody is just kind of standing apart and they're in the ocean and they have to get in lifeboats that have the number of people that you say. So if you say get in lifeboats of three, they have to link arms so that there's a total of three people in the lifeboat. There can't be more or less than three. And anybody who's left standing, they're out. They've, they've drowned a la Titanic and they go stand on the side And then you change the size of the lifeboat. So you go to two, then you go to four and five. So you're going to see, not only can you read personality types in your class, like who's going to be the leader, who is self-sacrificial, who's the huge asshole, like you'll see all the things, but they love that game. Absolutely love it. Simon said, just all kinds of stuff. 
So just think of a way to get them to move and uh, you'll have them on your team again. So that's my tip for the day. So your game Flash Nap uh, reminds me of a, a game I made up at some point because when when you're the ancillary teacher, you don't want to send the kids back to the classroom teacher all wound up. No. <laughs> Which when with kindergarten and first would often How happen. You not? They would be so like... Ah! Sure. So I created this game called Sleeping Fairy, which we always <laughs> plays always played at the end of class. One person was the sleeping fairy. So I was always the sleeping fairy first. And I would put on like some chill ass Inya music. Yeah. We'd turn the lights off. And I was like, everybody has to, this is where you're acting. Yes. You have to act like you're sleeping. And I'm going to like flat, flap my <laughs> wings and walk around. And, and I'm going to tap the person on the shoulder that I think most looks like they're sleeping. <gasps> and then they become the sleeping fairy and you lay down mm. in their spot. <laughs> That's so great. And you just sit there and say things like, oh, that doesn't look like Miss B has her eyes closed. I guess she's not going to get chosen because she doesn't look like she's looking. But all I really was trying to get the kids to do was chill chill out before they go so that the whole kindergarten and first grade team didn't hate me. I bet they loved you for that so much. And I bet so many teachers will love you right now for teaching them that game. It's so good. And you can, and that's, I was like, like I, I had this real big, um, I don't know, like like this this thing in my head where I needed to justify what it had to do with theater, even though I don't think anybody would ever come in. No. But didn't matter what the silly game was, I always had some kind of Teaching. theater justification. Sure. So that was my like, oh, it's they're doing their best acting. They're acting. <laughs> Brilliant. Stupid. Yeah, how many so times act like you're sleeping? <laughs> In, awaken your inner thespian and put yourself to sleep at the same time. <laughs> how many times did you get formally observed with like you had to su- submit your lesson plan ahead of time and the admin would come and observe you? Uh, they did not make us submit lesson plans at all at my what? last couple schools. So any my of the teachers plans, or just the coverage classes? I don't know. That's a good question. So like my first couple months, I definitely had my formal lesson plans with my objective, my blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then eventually I got up the balls to ask a teacher, like, does anybody check this? And they were like, no, absolutely yeah. not. So eventually <laughs> it just got to just uh, like a Google doc with some bulletins. And I would still write my objective on the board. Sure. Not just for the kids, but for myself. Yes. So I can remember. And I always had like our objective and our word of the day and our mm-hmm. game of the week. So, and they would kind of tie in. So if our word was yeah. pantomime, we'd be doing charades type games. But no, we did not lesson plans turning in lesson plans was not like a requirement maybe in the like the second third fourth grade team maybe in their team meetings they had to do it yeah it was not the it was not something the administration checked that is interesting so one school i taught at they were vigilant like they were Mm -hmm. in our classrooms at least a couple of times a month and they would observe a whole class and give us feedback and then at another school i taught at we, they would like walk through the classroom once every few months, but like literally mm-hmm. just walk through for like 20 seconds. And I'm like, I did right. get observed, but they, ne- it was like looking at your lesson plans was not part of the observation. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. But okay. I taught at 
uh, when I taught at that performing arts school, we had the best principal in the universe. And the year that I left, he also left and he was moving on to a high school. Uh-huh. And the next principal they had was a nightmare. Like oh, I heard I, all no. the teachers would text me, yeah. but I ended up getting an email and they, I definitely had to turn in lesson plans online. You had to, you just yeah. have like a shared folder sure. or something at the school you had to drag it into. And like a, a month, maybe two months into the school year, as I'm living in a different state, I get a <laughs> email from the administration that was like, you haven't turned in lesson plans in six weeks. What's going on? Well, I, don't like, live I moved there. to another state and I'm not a teacher at that school anymore. What? That's what's going on. <laughs> Dang. It's like, who the hell did you think I was? That is really impressive how ignorant Insane. that is. That is totally nuts. Yes. Man. Yes. Principals, you gotta have a good. That's, oh, that's they a, make or break. Oh, you. They do. They can ruin a school or they can fix everything. We'll, yeah. we'll have an episode. And even principals. if you're, even if you're in a, a shitty school itself, if the principal they is trying, can turn it makes, stuff yeah. around, and kids pick up on that so fast. Okay, um, let's move on to screaming in the parking lot. Screaming in the parking lot. My screaming in the parking lot is when it's time to do some kind of project with the whole class and all you have is shitty art supplies. Like at the beginning of the year, you send out a school supply list with like 48 pack of Crayola crayons, but everybody buys the rose art. Crayola. Or the, yeah, Crayola, please. The rose art or the... The ones that you get, like at Walgreens, no offense, past Walgreens employee, yeah. those crayons are <laughs> shit. And then they can't do, you cannot do the project. Like a lot of science those projects crayons have to do with like, are, it's like a it's literal just candle like wax. A candle. That's yes, exactly that's what exactly it is. It's just, why don't you just give them a pack of birthday candles and let them try to color with that's that? That's exactly what they are. God, it's horseshit. Or the plastic pencil, so when you ask for pencils, please send in wooden lead pencils, the number two pencils. Do not send them wrapped in plastic. Because they will break the pencil, the pencil sharpener, and you have to sharpen it down to like halfway before it gets. Ugh, hate that. God, it's awful. That's that's another reason I think teachers buy a lot of their own school we supplies. We do because it's so just. Not, I would just buy. I bought like a giant thing of like the Elmer's glue sticks. Yes. And when you buy it in these giant, bulk it's not things, that expensive. It really wasn't that expensive, no. so I just bought it myself. It's so much better. Well, at the last school I taught at, they had a school supply fee and. Families just yeah. paid a flat rate at the beginning of the school year, and then the school purchased all the supplies. So the parents never had That's to send so anything better. in. And it was wonder. I mean, notebooks, composition books, folders, because that's the other thing is like, we have very specific ideas for what we want to use the notebooks and the folders and things mm-hmm. for. So if you do bring in the wrong color, or if you don't bring it in with prongs or whatever we ask for, we cannot use it the way we need to use it. So it was just wonderful to have like, Everybody pay up front, and then we'll just have a closet full of what you actually need to use. Right. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, I love that. All right, my screaming in the parking lot, it's paper jams. <sighs> oh, my God. And they Going only the happen, like, machine. when you need it right now. It's not for the copies you need next week. It's for, like, the right now moments. Jesus, man. <laughs> yes, because if I had to make a copy, even if I was just making a copy for, and I tried not to, for first grade. It was like, well, I need to make 120 copies for all of first grade. Right. So I would start the copy making. I would try to be efficient. So I would start making the copies when there was something else I needed to do yeah. around the office, like the office area. And just every time you hear that, me, me, 
you gotta pull the thing and turn the crank. Yes, there's like move seven there. steps, oh, but and then you have another, toner oh. all over your up to your elbow for the rest of the day. Yes, have you ever? And you've like have, I burnt my hand on a piece of hot oh, paper one shit. time when I took it out the drum. Ugh, yeah. So those suck. The worst. They, How many terrible. copy machines did you have at your school? I think we just we had it was a three story uh school and i think we had one on each one level okay that checks out we had one for our whole school it was a very small school but sometimes it would break down and we would have to like get the service guy to come fix it and it would take like three days and in that time Mm -hmm. because we also did not have a lot of technology at the school in that time you're just kind of like uh yeah i definitely have gone to office depot more than once and just paid for copies because sucks well so our copier was also the school-wide printer so anytime we printed oh. something, it would print from that copy machine. So we would that be out of a printer sucks. and a copier. It was awful. That left us some uh, some screaming in the parking lot, for sure. And so let's, let's end on a positive yeah. note with the all worth it. Things Why don't you tell me your it. all worth it moment? What's yours? So you know how sometimes you give them work to do and everybody gets settled, like everybody's pencils are sharpened and everybody has what they need. And then it just gets real quiet and you look around and literally everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes. And like all of their pencils are moving and nobody's looking around or digging in their desk or their nose. And you're just like, this is, I don't know what it is about that feeling, but I'm just like, they have so powerful right now. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, so it's a great... zen. So zen. God, I love that. Just the sound of pencils tapping on a desk. God, I love that. Oh, yeah. My all worth it moment is uh, as an ancillary teacher, once you've gotten to a certain point in the year, we've done the big school musical, that's over. That usually happens right before state testing. Yeah. And we have a month of state testing. And then we have like this these four weeks where all the teachers are trying to jam in the fun stuff. Yes. So we've got like a field day. We're doing, you know, kindergarten does, every grade does a couple field trips. So basically every three days, somebody's Somebody's on a field trip. So it's like a blessing and a curse because yeah, we're all having fun, but also the schedule gets really Weird. weird and disrupted. So at some point I was like, I'm not, I'm just not teaching anything the last month. So I would have these themed days. So we had like, and you know, I'd only see them once a week. So a whole month is really just four classes. So the last, uh, so one, we would do a fort day and everybody would just make pillow forts (gasps) and, and I would let them do tables. And I had, I had a decent amount of like yoga mats and pillows and yeah. those like interlocking smushy yes. like puzzle piece for yes. things but then I would also bring sheets from my house sure. and students so they could have had permission materials. to bring sheets into and that's so it fun. we would we would make forts and I would put a movie on you didn't have to watch the movie if you wanted to stay under the fort and play under with your, your Pokemon fort. cards or you wanted to color <laughs> or whatever that's cool you do that if you wanted to climb under fort. it and watch a movie and I would try to have it match up with pajama day because yes lots of, of course lots of the teachers would do that also so they would just Magical. be in their jammies hang it and i would get popcorn because we could go get popcorn somewhere in our school district would pop these like five foot bags of popcorn what? and they were like ten dollars or something Dang. so i went and bought i went and spent i don't know twenty dollars on it and put them in these big tubs in my room and got like solo. Everybody had their little, little solo, solo cup, cup and they could get one scoop of popcorn That's and blew their minds. So and the cool. last, the last two weeks was club W and I had like disco. 
because I love to dance, you guys. So I had like disco lights, and we would turn the lights off. I bought glow sticks, dance parties, <laughs> teach them and how to I would rave. Put on, yes, it. so I would put it on YouTube on these on those dance video games. Yes, because yes. if you just put it on music at some point, no, you're they're like, get... I don't know what to do now. Yeah. But if you put it on like cool songs, plus you're trying to dance like the robot on the screen. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's it was the so cutest. Fun. My room was so smelly, <laughs> but just like a bunch of little puppy dogs. Uh, but oh, I loved it. I loved being able to give them all this really fun, silly end of the year experiences because nobody gave a shit about what I was teaching. That is fabulous. Dang, I promise I'll put some I'll put some club I'll put some club W uh clips up on Instagram. Please do. Ah, that sounds so much fun. I love it. All right. I, th- I think that's it. We ended with a nice little positive moment. I feel like so this was the most educational of all of our podcasts thus far. This is very And by deep. educational, we mean Miss B talked about all of her stuff <laughs> <laughs> that she knows and is good at. Next well, week. I was like, I buy glass bags. <laughs> Next week, we'll return to more bullshit. So. Uh, yeah. So do you have a biz- BS in education? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at bsandeducation2020 at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Tag us in your funny teacher memes. Uh, If you would like to call us instead, we would love to hear your voice. We would love to play a clip of you screaming in the parking lot. Just give us a call at 234-73-TEACH. 234-73-TEACH. Remember, give us five stars. Share us with all your teacher friends. If you give us a five-star review and you send us like a screenshot of it or can prove it in any way, shoot us an email, we'll send you a prize in the mail. That's it. I think we had a great show. We, uh, we love you guys. Hey, can we finish with say? our official closeout catchphrase that it says on the oh, yeah. dog? Yeah, our official closeout <laughs> catchphrase is blickety blah blah blah. Let's workshop this. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye. is ended. Time to go. Pick up your crayons off the floor. Class is ended. Time to go. I don't want to see your face no more. Thank you for listening to ABS in Education. Quite tummy hurts. <laughs>